It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blue Moon. You saw me Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair, and what a week. Since the last show, we've progressed to the last 16 of the Champions League, and we know now who our opponents are, of course. And in the Premier League, we've lost to the champions. And before our next show, we play Watford midweek, and then Arsenal on Sunday, both home fixtures. So to discuss all of that and lots more, I've got three guests in the studio. One is an ex-drinking partner of Yaya Torre. The other is Vincent Company's very own St. John Ambulance Man. And the other is the one friend that Claudio Bravo still has in Manchester. So welcome to, in no particular order, Andy Connell, Dave Hodgson and Stephen Allwise. Hello. Hello. <sighs> Gentlemen, um, where do we start? Can we kind of start in chronological order because it helps me? Can we go back to Celtic if you can sort of think back that far? Oh and okay. would it be fair to say irrelevant, we're already through, we learnt nothing, it really wasn't very important. Would that be a, a fair summary of the, of the Celtic match, Dave, would you, would you say? I think Patrick Roberts had a fantastic trial game, if we're, <laughs> if we're going to view it as that. Um, I mean, it was the deadest of dead rubbers, and it was fairly clear after, say, the, th- the first ten minutes where we, were expect- where we got you know, everything released at once and then 80 minutes of boredom thereafter. But wonderfully taken goal, he was probably the best player on the pitch for me. Yeah, I thought Roberts was very impressive. I don't think Pep sounded hugely optimistic after the game about uh, Roberts' chance of a future at City. It was, you know, he played well, defended well, but we'll see. Whereas I think as fans, compared to some of the football we've seen the last couple of months, or even last year under Pellegrini, he was exciting. He committed defenders and he made things happen. Um, But Pep didn't sound hugely confident about him, but... It was, as Dave said, a fairly dull game, irrelevant. We did our job before then in the group. Um, it would have been nice to win or finish off the group with a win, but look, it, I don't think any of us 
it's not a game that will live too long in our memories. Well, I saw your. I'd str- forgotten about it actually. Well, I, saw, I, saw, I saw you all struggling with the question. Oh my god, we're going to think back to to, yeah. to the Celtic game. Kelechi took his goal well, and uh, Aguero kept the bench warm. Very little to say. I, you know, I, I agree with everyone else. It's, it came and went, and there was no. It didn't feel like there was any adrenaline, certainly for me, or any any of the. You know, we did. It's odd for us to have done the job with the game in hand. That, that was the unsettling thing for mm. me. It was pleasant, but odd. So what about Monaco? Who, who knows anything? I know where it is. Falcao, that's what I know. Yeah? That's all I know. And yeah. Fabinho. That's it, two Fs. Two Fs. Two Fs. Yeah. Well, I think when, when we got pulled out of the draw with them, it was a relief. I think they yeah. had been one of the sides we'd have wanted to face. But then kind of there are a few reports afterwards, journalists write, that they're not perhaps as easy as we thought and they're very attacking, have scored lots of goals. And when you consider how we've defended recently, mm. that's a concern. But look, we avoided Atletico, I think, was the one we really wanted to avoid. You'd have to back our chances. We should surely back ourselves to beat Monaco. Well, after the performance we might talk about a little bit later, or one or two recent performances, who knows? I mean, they beat Arsenal, didn't they, a couple of years, season ago? Yeah, this season, yeah. They didn't they look, look great good. against but I mean, they did. They, they did a job on them, but I didn't think they looked... They looked organised in the way that European teams do, I think. But um, I thought Spurs should have won, to be honest. But... Uh, It'll, it'll be an interesting sort of firepower against firepower because mm. they, my understanding is they get a lot of goals but have are prone to mistakes at the back in exactly the same way we are. So it'll be it'll be a classic tie. I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of attacking potential, but mm. defensively, I think Alan Hansen's not going to enjoy it. I think it's probably. <laughs> I quite liked what uh, Tixie said. He said uh, when he was asked, he said. They're playing some of the best football in France, which I thought damn it with faint <laughs> praise. <you know? laughs> um, so, sh- should we sort of move on to the Premier League then? Because I think it's uh, oh we could be in a situation just with my sort of black hat on here. We could be in a situation by the next show where we've lost our last four Premier League games. Is is you know a nice negative way of starting the show here. <laughs> We could also have won our last two, of course, but uh, let's just go back to the, the last result, which is it's good to see an English striker doing well and, and scoring goals and finding his form. You know, Vardy got a hat-trick. That's got to be something to celebrate, surely. Yeah, isn't I think it? Over, over the last few years, we've always been very good at, at being welcoming to opposition <laughs> strikers or players against who used to play for City coming back or players who've not scored for 15 games all of a sudden turning into Messi. We, we, were, we were shocking, weren't we? We were so poor. And to be 2-0 down within five minutes, I guess we had a sniff at that point because so long to go in the game, we were not going to carry on being that poor, surely. But it's the third goal that killed the game because at that point, you're just either trying to prevent a humiliation or the best you can hope for is snatch a draw. it was. T- it's as bad as it's been under Guardiola. Uh, is it the worst game since? You know, like you know, nineteen seventy-two. No, you know? no, there was. Oh no, <laughs> I've been following him a long time. <laughs> Seriously, that's why I went to seventy-two. Fixture Pierce teams. You know, yeah, so, yeah. But, no, it wasn't, but it wasn't great, though, was it? It, it? I didn't think we were. We were bad. I think there's, there's very straightforward things, and everybody. You don't want to pick names out. Oh yes, you do. But Kolarov did that on. thing that he did at the end of last season, and I. I honestly got a feeling we wouldn't see him again this season. You know that last couple of games when he didn't track back and it felt like he couldn't be bothered. And I wonder now if it's that he can't track back or he hasn't got any pace. Or both. I mean, I know Vardy's fast, but that, that third goal, seriously, you look at Kolarov there, he's nowhere. You know, it's a straight race and he's not near him. And, it's, you know, if he's slow, then we need to do something about it. If you're playing three at the back, you can't have three attacking players who play on the halfway line. You know, you're closer to Phil Foden's age than all of us around the table here. <laughs> so... Uh, 
worst game, one of the worst games you've seen in, in years, surely. Not one of the worst games I've seen in years. It was certainly one of the most frustrating. Because mm. I don't know if it's my own ignorance or what it is. Leicester, to me, seemed the most sort of obvious problem that everyone encounters. Mm. You know you know how they play. They play an old-fashioned formation. They press hard. They have a very, very, very quick striker. And they move the ball up the pitch very quickly. And that's exactly what they did. We played three at the back with three not particularly quick defenders. <laughs> we left room for them to... You know, for Vardy to get in behind. I was I saw a sort of position map of what the average position of the players. Kolarov is probably in the thi- final third. Mm. I mean, he is so, so high in the opposition's half. And this isn't him playing as a wing back. This is him playing as part of three at the back. And I think the formation played into their hands. It was defensively, tactically, I thought we were so poorly set out for what was a predictable challenge. So why is he doing that? Yeah. Why, is it, why, why is he not sort of saying we're going to play four at the back or, or at least if we are three, stick to the same three? And there's been a lot of press recently about him chopping and changing and not having a settled I'd, back I'd line. I'd love to have an explanation. I'm, I'm just confused. There's nothing wrong with three at the back. We can see Chelsea and Italian teams historically play it very well because they're well, drilled. They, they play defenders at the back though, yeah, don't they? Yeah, we, <laughs> we don't have players to play yeah. both three at the back and then the wing backs. Mm. Some, so the three against Leicester, Kolarov has played his career at left back, but his only strength is going forward. He can't defend. Stones has played all of his career in a four-four-two or four at the back, often Jagielka alongside him or Distan at Everton. He's not very rarely played in a three. Sanya has played all his career at right back, and they're suddenly being asked to to do a job as three with De Bruyne at left wing back, mm. Zaba flitting between right wing back midfield right back center half no one has a clue and i there was the game against celtic actually i remember something about that now that <laughs> i Welcome think we played we played three at the back cliche tosin and and someone else might have been stones or otamendi and they all ran about 10k defenders don't run 10k mm. and i think they're so preoccupied about where they need to be. If the left wing back has the ball, you need to be here. Or if the opposition have it, you need to be there. They're just forgetting how to defend or they're forgetting the basics of just being solid. Kolarov charging up the pitch when you know Vardy's asset is his pace and leaving 50 yeah. yards behind him. It's just madness. And that can't be under instruction. That has to be down to Kolarov making mistakes. But then Stones looks a worse player when he's not got that commanding figure alongside him. What worked at the start of the season was a solid back four who knew their jobs. And I think we were all surprised by how well we adapted. Clichy and Sanya or Zabaleta moving into midfield and Fernandinho dropping back. They looked as if they were well drilled and knew what to do. At the minute, you'd back the four of us sitting around this table to go and score a hat-trick between us. Not sure about that. It's a question I'm really keen to, to ask because... We all know what happened those first 10 league games of the season where we were invincible and in some halves, I wouldn't say in all 90 minutes, but in some halves, we played the most fantastic football. But we did that but last season and the season before. We started great. So what's, so what's happened? Well, what's gone? Why a few weeks we, rest. I think Stephen's described it brilliantly. Why have we gone from that sort of football, winning games, playing beautiful football, to suddenly looking incomplete, in some parts, in complete disarray? Well, I think, I think you have to go back. If if you go back to it's the Chelsea game, isn't it? For me, 
it's like the two players that get sent off Aguero and Fernandinho. I don't know about anyone else, but the the big loss to me was Fernandinho there. You know, Aguero, we can get through. We've got attacking players. You can't lose that guy. And and this game, what we learned was what we already knew. Fernando is three letters short of Fernandinho, isn't he? <laughs> it's just <laughs> he, he can't do. Nobody can. Do, which is not necessarily a criticism, undue criticism. I think Fernandinho is a very special player. There's not many of them. You know, it's like if Chelsea lose Conte or whatever it is, there are certain players who get the job done in the middle. And I think we can look at the defence, but we didn't cover the defence. We didn't cover in front of them because we didn't have the players. Artemandu was, you know, who are you going to put in there? And that back three, really, it, who was left. Is that right, Dave? Is, that what, is it all about that? Or, or is there something else we're missing here? I think the big difference between us and us in seasons gone by is we had leaders in, a, in the team. The big talkers in that team were Joe Hart mm. and Vincent Company, and they've not been replaced by anyone vocal. I think when stuff, you know, when we started to fall away in terms of how we were playing at the start of the season, we needed someone to pick them up, either scruff of the neck, drag them through the next few games. Mm. We now have a goalkeeper who doesn't seem to have much of a grasp on English or goalkeeping, <laughs> and we have defenders who don't seem, you, you know, I, I'm quite uniquely positioned my season ticket that's just behind the goal so I get to watch the keepers and the defenders you know for a whole half in more detail than I would like and the defenders and the keepers just do not communicate Mm. there's so much less communication cohesiveness and leadership especially for someone like Stones who is still quite young quite inexperienced and I think when things get bad they don't know who to look to Mm. two points on that one I think we miss company massively and that's why for all his injuries we're still as soon as he's fit, he plays. Yeah. A, because he's our best centre-back. B, he's a leader. I would disagree slightly in that I think in the last few seasons we have, even when Zabba's played and Company's played and Hart's played, we, do, we don't rarely lose games 1-0, 2-1. We often just capitulate. Just yeah. you know, whether it's Middlesbrough in the FA Cup or Spurs away. or yeah. you know, There's a lot of times we've shipped three or four and look all at sea, whether it's been Company and Demichelis or Otamendi and whoever. Mm. We just there's something about us that potentially we're not used to losing, and therefore we find it tough to kind of keep our discipline. But it's been going on for a while, and it was the same against Leicester, where as soon as we shipped one, you thought they could get a few here. And I think we they stopped playing as soon as they got the third. Mm. You know, you can understand from their point of view. Sit back, Huth and Morgan will clear any crosses, and we never really looked like breaking them down until late on. But We'd all love company back. I just think against Leicester, and I'm not sure whether it's Pep being stubborn or, or just overthinking it slightly, I just think we had the wrong setup completely. We've got our best player, De Bruyne, deep out wide. We've seen Sané the last few games, mm. who looks breathtaking going forward. The pace that he runs at people, spending half his game at left back. Navas wants to be going forward, is having to track back. We haven't got the players to suit the system that Pep wants to play which means until he has the chance to sign players, I think he has to adapt a bit more to the squad we've got. Well, I'm keen to talk about uh, the arrogance. Before we do, let's, let's have a quick break before we do that, and uh, we'll be back straight after this. Give software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone Managed Service Team right away. Call 203 817-4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. Well, welcome back. And uh, talking of arrogance, uh, 
David, you're probably the most arrogant one around the table. So it's with good reason. With good reason. <laughs> <laughs> so Not arrogant, just better. <laughs> <laughs> so Stephen's talking about sort of Pep, and it's been mentioned in the press as well about this. Is it is it arrogance? Is it he doesn't understand the English system? Is it the fact that we don't have the players to actually fit the system? What? Where does arrogance come in here? I think part of it is a genuine, true conviction that he has that this works eventually and it will work. And I think the other part of it is all the talk about Guardiola's role at City is not just about managing us to success, but building a blueprint for the club. This so-called holistic approach that we were so chided for in the departure of Mancini, that's what he's there to do. He's there to get us to play this attractive attacking football that people want to come and see, and he's doing that. I don't think he realised some of the problems he was going to have to deal with, some of the perhaps tactical inflexibility we've seen from some of our players. But I think you could call it arrogance, but I think I, I do honestly believe that he may need to make some changes, but his overall philosophy is something that he won't change, and he shouldn't change because that's why he's here. That's why he's where he is, and that's why he's the man we spent so long chasing. Can I talk, and I've hesitated, as always, to talk about the goalkeeper? I haven't. So I know you haven't. So, so I, I, I want to come to Andy first. Oh, it's, fantastic! It's got, we've got to listen. We've got to talk about it. You know, for weeks we've been talking about the fact. Let's trust Pep. Joe's gone. Let's not cry over spilt milk. Right. All that sort of stuff. Let's trust. He's a footballing goalkeeper. He what? He Pep's knows what he wants. He's his man. Let him get on with the job. But it's fair to say that he hasn't stopped many. He, he stopped a few. He's made a few very good saves. To be fair. You know, no better than Hart would have done, and you could argue not as good as Hart. You know, certainly in the last few games, but it's just a it's it's a perception thing for me. It's like he he wanted to replace Hart. He was very unequivocal about that. I think he wanted Ter Stegen. He wanted the guy who was the proper replacement. Didn't get him. Got Bravo. I don't know quite what went on there, but for me, is it all right? I'll go out on a limb here. It seems a bit odd. That whole Hart episode seemed odd to me, and. Knowing a little bit about Guardiola, he does bear grudges. And it struck me, I remember I remember being at the Wigan at the final, the Wigan game, and all of that cabal that was in the dressing room, and it was hard, it was implicated in it all, and, you know, got the manager out. And I just wonder if the, he just thought, no, I'm not having a troublemaker in the dressing room, and he's going for that reason, which... I mean, it could be, but we, we've uh, whatever's happened, we, we've ended up. With, I'm trying to get away well, from criticising Bravo. I, 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 think, I think you are. So, so, so maybe <laughs> Stephen, you'd like you'd like to criticise Bravo then. No, I, I think it's the risk of shutting down conversation. A bit of a boring debate by now, because I think all of us, if we were picking our city team, would pick Hart in net. Because just a personal view, I think a goalkeeper is there to stop the ball going in his net, and Hart is far superior to Bravo at doing that. Pep views it differently. For Pep, a goalkeeper is the 11th outfield player. And Hart was poor with his feet. Bravo is much better with his feet. I saw him described on Twitter, actually, as poppered on wrists, which, you know, (laughs) funny but true. But with the ball at his feet, he is able to pick a pass, which is what Pep values. And as Dave said, if we've tried so hard to bring Guardiola to the club because of his values and his principles and what he's done in the past... Bravo is part of that, a goalkeeper passing the ball and perhaps taking a risk and not stopping as many shots as another keeper is part of that philosophy. Now, Bravo isn't the best at that. I'm sure Pep wanted Ter Stegen. And the question is, in the summer, does Pep not swallow his pride, but ditch Bravo in favour of someone who's better at doing it? 
or does kind of he just muddle through and and think until the real replacement is out there and that might be Angus Gunn who apparently he's quite fond of but for the minute Bravo is our keeper and if Caballero plays he does the same passes the ball out from the back we've not got a manager who values the keeper stopping the ball Dave fill your boots Okay, I completely agree with Stephen on the point that this is, you know, we are buying into Guardiola's philosophy. If he doesn't want Hart, we shouldn't bring Hart back because Hart, clearly, watching him in training, isn't very good at this. But Bravo is like hiring a plumber who comes in and says, I'm not very good at plumbing, but I'm great at rewiring. That's not what you're there for. You're there to keep the ball out of the net. You're the only player that can use your hands, and there's a reason for that. And, of course, we want a player who can buy into this, but we need not just a keeper who can save shots, but a keeper who gives his defence confidence that he will do so. Yeah, that's the telling thing. And it was so clear in the Chelsea game. He came for all the one-on-ones. He didn't make it difficult for the striker at all. Mm. The Arsenal game is next week. um, (laughs) But he um, won't do it then either. (laughs) (laughs) When someone's through one-on-one now, you don't expect him to make a save. That's the point, isn't it? You did with Hart. Not every time, but but he'd pull off some remarkable saves. Bravo doesn't, and it's more of a surprise if he does now. But as I said, that's not what Pep... Pep probably thinks we shouldn't be in that position in the first place. Mm. So... I don't think we can have it both ways. But isn't there a case for, you know, if you've got a great keeper, which Hart was, instinctive keeper, isn't there a case for saying, you know, like in baseball, if you can run well, you can train you to hit the ball. Can't they do that in training? Can't they make him be able to see a pass? Well, well I suspect, and I don't want to get into too much detail, I suspect what you said is absolutely right, Andy. There had to be more to it, didn't, didn't it? Seemed it seemed like it. For, for an international keeper, like with Hart's pedigree. Yeah, just, you're you, gone, that's it. You, exactly. So there had to, I'm sure there had to be something else. And It was about personality, it was about the dressing room, something like that clearly has gone on, we mm. guess. Uh, all right, so I, I want to give you the opportunity, uh, Dave, a very emotional uh, rant about... He, he, he will give me a stroke at some point in the next year if it carries on in this way. He's so frustrating to watch. Can't deal with crosses particularly well. Not a skilled shot stopper. And I tell you what, I tell you the one player I keep hearing mentioned in terms of having difficulties, you know, for whatever reason, not wanting to sign his contract, and that is Hugo Lloris. And can you think of a keeper well, exactly. who would be a better fit yeah. for that philosophy than Hugo, Hugo Lloris? No, it's the perfect... Turned out the other way as yeah. a sweetener. It'd be the yeah. perfect deal. All right, let, let's look forward then. Let, let's try and not look back too much. Let's look forward then to midweek. Uh, the mighty Watford come to the Etihad. Um, so the, the Hornets then, any, any, any thoughts on that? Because as I said earlier on, this could be our third defeat on the trot in the Premier League. Well, the only thing I know about, I know Troy Deeney, I used to think he was an Italian sort of wonder kid, but until I <laughs> <laughs> split his name right. But um, they, apparently they're good from set pieces. That's what I've read somewhere. And they've got some height, haven't they? We're not the tallest team, are we? And we're great at defending set pieces, so I'm not concerned. (laughs) Really? Good job we've got so many tall, physical players. Exactly. I think, I actually think we'll play well. I think we've probably been stung a bit by the criticism after Leicester. Um, I've got a feeling we're going to put on a performance uh, and score three or four. Just a matter of if we can stop them scoring three or four as well. (laughs) It's it's back to Keegan days now, isn't it? (laughs) But that's his philosophy, isn't it? You know, we'll, we'll always score more than you, but unless we play Leicester, of course. Mm. Well, you'd think, and I do think, you know, Watford are stronger perhaps going forward than they are defensively. I, I really like um, Pereira, the midfielder they signed from Juventus this summer. I think he's very, you know, he's got the power to really create chances. Mm. And, you know, Dini, again, is a powerful, strong, quick runner who could cause us some problems. But we really shouldn't be looking at this game thinking, yeah. you know, Watford at home... 
is this another banana skin? And then Arsenal on Sunday, which is uh, not a that's a real banana skin. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of uh, Imre bananas, yeah. So uh, we don't feel that we don't look that confident around this table. What I mentioned, Arsenal at home. That's uh, we've lost to Chelsea, we've lost to Spurs, and uh, here come Arsenal. So uh, well, it hasn't. We haven't. That's the thing. It was the same last season, wasn't it? Against the big teams, we don't perform. Yeah. Uh, and against the small ones as well. It's just the ones <laughs> in the middle are all right. <laughs> uh, thoughts about Arsenal then at the weekend then? From your season ticket behind the goal. Kolarov's going to have to pick up, pick up Walcott, isn't he? <laughs> yes. Is it that's the... just lift him up? <laughs> <laughs> I hope. I, I really wish. But um, no, I think that's... I, I don't know. I just look at that. Walcott, Ozil, Sanchez and our defence at the moment. Yeah. And I just, you know, it's concerning. And up, up up top, of course, I mean, we've talked about the defence a lot and, and, and maybe let's sort of turn it slightly and say we, without Aguero, we've mentioned that Kelechi took his goal well against Celtic. Uh, I thought Nolito, um, actually, is, is, you know, he wears number nine, as I said before, mm. can play in that striker role and, and took his goal quite well. So I'm, you know, I'm, really that, I'm trying like, to think positively yeah, then here. I'm, let's have some positive spin now ahead I, of the I Arsenal think Nolito, game. we should probably see more of him. He's yeah. not a star. He's not an individual who's going to win a game with a moment of brilliance from himself. I think we look a better team when he's in there. Yeah. He just brings that balance or the know-how. Um, I'd have him... I'd probably play Kelechi against Watford, but then Nolito up front against Arsenal. Yeah. I just think he brings that slightly more rounded aspect to the game. And then you've got De Bruyne, as long as he's not at left wing-back. <laughs> Silver, Sterling, Sané, Navas. You've got attacking options. question uh, is, can we... Keep it tight enough well, defensively. Would you, would, you, would you play four at the back against Arsenal? Would you go back to a four? A, a I flat back wouldn't four? play three. I'd maybe five or six. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> not, three's not an option, is it? It's just, you know. Well, what, do you, what do you think Pep's going to do then, Dave? Do you think he's uh, arrogant enough to play three at the back again and stick to it? I think he might go with four against Arsenal. Mm. I think, he, you know, this is one where he will... Yeah, he's probably going to be looking at that table now. Seven points. Mm. You know, maybe maybe he needs to adapt a little just for certain rigors of the Premier League. I would like to see Navas play purely. You know, as the point I made before, Navas for me offers a lot of defensive strength when he plays on the wing. You know, I think he he tracks back well. He makes some good interceptions, mm. and I thought he was he was probably our, our best player against Chelsea. Okay, to, just to play back to you, Navas is a bit like asking a carpenter to come, and the carpenter says, "I can't put up shelves, but I can do your plumbing." He's a winger, isn't he? Shouldn't he be attacking and not defending? He certainly stretches the fullback when he plays. He's got he's got the pace to do it. I see what you're trying to do there, <laughs> and I'm not going to fall you, into it. You see what I did there, Dave? Yeah, you see I what I did? What you did. <laughs> Navas to play. You're a big Navas fan, I know. No. <laughs> I saw no, Navas I... cross the ball with his left foot. In the, no, in you the didn't. Game being, the... No, he did. No, he did. No, he did. No, he did. There was one cross. No, you didn't. You're being silly now. <laughs> Kolarov passed it with his right foot as well. <laughs> yeah. Navas, we've always said, bring something different because he's not your tippy-tappy, keep the ball, bide your time for an opening. But, I mean, we just repeat it every week. He gets into some great positions and just doesn't do enough with the ball. Mm. Um as much as I, you appreciate the defensive work, I don't think you pick an attacking right winger because he tracks back. Well, I'm with you. A bit like why you don't pick, pick your goalkeeper for using his feet either. I think I'm, but, I'm with Dave. We've, we've discussed that already. Have we done that already? This is deadlock then because I'm with Dave. I, I think he does something for the team. You know, yeah. Yes, shortcomings not notwithstanding, but he does something for the show. He pulls it wide. You know, he gets the, he gets that guy to come out with him. And yes, the end product often is not what we need, but it but it, it makes space, you know, at the front there. I think. How difficult is it for us to win the league from here, then, Dave? Is it uh, 
more difficult than it was a week ago, clearly. But are we out of it or <laughs> are we out of it or is it just still too, too, too early and there's still four or five teams in it and we're, one, we're in the mix, are we still? I think we're in the mix. I mean, again, Chelsea are managed by a guy who's also got his first season of the Premier League. He's going to find those pitfalls he hasn't waited for. It might be the Christmas period always proves difficult for new managers. Wenger is Wenger, so something will happen in February. You know, Spurs, I wouldn't rule out either. You know, Liverpool... Who knows what will happen there, whether they've got the character. But there's a lot of teams who, there's maybes about. I wouldn't say there's one nailed on, they're yeah. going to do it. There's various fragile bits of every team, yeah. I mean, and quite honestly, any team with David Luiz, there's always going to be uh, swings and roundabouts going on there before the end of the season. <laughs> and what's a view from a view's yeah, think, point think, of view? If that, oh. Can you just repeat that? Yeah, again, and no, I don't think I can, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Chelsea look very strong at the minute, and people have talked about Europe and they don't have to play midweek. They play the same 11 players every week. I know Fabregas played against us. Around Christmas time, as the season goes on, they're not going to be able to do that. And actually, if you look at their bench, there's not too much. They often have two or three kids mm. on the bench. If they pick up, if Costa picks up an injury, there was or talk actually, card, which yeah, is, this yeah. afternoon that Oscar is going to go to China. You know, If they lose a couple of key players, I don't think they've got the strength to, to replace them. So, I mean, they look very good at the moment. We're going to have to improve but you could easily see us going on another winning run of of plenty of games and just before we close i've got one other question i saw saw in the press just because it's kind of fresh in my mind that uh, chelsea were fined 100 grand and we were fined 35 grand uh, following that uh, for not controlling our players mm. at the end of the game so so we had two players sent off and got charged with a 35k fine and they got 100 grand bargain so uh what does that say? That says that they probably didn't control their players as much as we did, but we had them sent off. Or have I, I misread that wrong? I don't know. Does it say that the ref messed up in not sending any of their players off? Mm. You know, they got away with yellow cards for a couple of slaps. Mm. Exactly. Well, Fabregas should have gone, just on principle. You know, well, yeah. <laughs> but would you rather have under grand fine or two players? Well, I think we know the answer to that, don't well, we? Well, we certainly not those two players. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Uh, the money's down the back of the sofa anyway, so that's not really the issue, is it? Let, let's uh, let's just sort of start to debate then transfer targets then for the new year because we haven't done that yet, and I've kind of avoided doing that. And kind of from a positional point of view, and any particular names that may have sprung into your mind or you've read or you think might well be happening. So in terms of transfer targets, Stephen, do you want well, to kick off? Well, Cheeky said after the, the Champions League draw, I think he was asked that question and he said, well, we've got Gabriel Jesus coming in and that's that, mm. which... A great centre-back he is, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he'll bring a lot to the squad. I think we'd probably like to see a right-back, well, goalkeeper, right-back, centre-half, left-back, central midfielder. We could go on. Yeah. Whether... Whether we wait and kind of muddle through until the summer and then Pep goes for who he really wants, or he just looks at our defence and thinks, company's out for half the six, two-thirds of the season, Stones is settling in, Otamendi hasn't convinced, I just need to buy someone to help out. We'll see, but I'd have thought defensively we do need reinforcements. That's where the priorities are, surely. Has to, be, has to be. You know, and, and the question is really, if he wants to, for me, if he wants to play a three, then it's different than if he wants to play a four. You know, so... And whether you do it in January, everyone says you shouldn't. But then you think, well, f- you know, Champions League in February, if we got the right guy, it might be the thing we need. You know, but very often the the right players aren't available. They tend to not be available until the summer. Is generally how it works. Generally, and there is a January premium that has to be paid. But the one name I've seen flashed around a lot with a release fee clause of twenty five million, who I think would be a great fit defensively. Whether it's three at the back, four at the back, is Virgil Van Dijk. 
Mm. I think he's been probably the best defender in the league this season. Strong, composed. A little bit harsh on Kolarov, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Southampton, a Dutchman from Southampton, yeah? I doubt he can take three kicks quite as well as Kolarov. (laughs) I feel we will be losing that somewhere along the way. Can he play in in nets? He's certainly got more height than Bravo. (laughs) Whether that translates into taking crosses, I don't know. But no, I, I think he would be a brilliant addition. Well, listen, we look forward to uh, Watford on Wednesday and Arsenal on Sunday, uh, and we'll all be back next week to debate that. In the meantime, a huge thanks to uh, Stephen, Andy and Dave. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.